0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Boys of One Hundred Sixty First Street. This episode of Roll Call is all about our boy Miguel Anduhar, Miggy Two Bags. He's back. We're back. We're talking about him. Let's get after it.
1: This One Hundred Sixty First.
0: All right. Welcome back to Boys of 161st Street. This is a different episode. Obviously, you guys know by now. This episode's all about our boy Miguel Duhar. Today, we're joined by Scott as well as good old Durfee over there. So, what do we think about Miggy?
2: We like Miggy. We like Miggy a lot. <laughs> we waiting to see Miggy for what, a year plus now, man, like waiting to see that back get back in the lineup. That's what I'm excited to see. Obviously, I think people are waiting to see what that glove looks like, but we know what the bat looks like.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had a fantastic rookie year. Arguably was rookie of the year. I think that's an argument we would win. Shohei Otani was just, he was the unicorn, so he pitched and hit, so that's why they gave it to him. But in reality, Miggy had a better year. He had batted 297, known as Miggy Two Bags. He had 27 home runs and 92 RBIs. That's pretty good. I'd say i give him the nod. And if we get anything like that, I mean, you don't, remem- you don't remember this as much. Everybody remembers this, I should say. But he was better than Glaber his rookie year. So, I mean, look at what Glaber did in year two. Imagine what Miggy could have done in year two if he was playing. So I'm excited to see that bad back in the lineup for that reason, too, because he was literally the most exciting player on the team.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt. Like, he's fun to watch. He can make contact on balls that are... Yeah, you should have no business making contact with. He's got that, like Vlad Guerrero type bat presence. You know what I mean, where he can control the bat. I like to say he's a bat. He's a good bad ball hitter. Yeah, and I love seeing those guys on the team because one, they don't strike out. Yeah, he swings a lot, but he don't strike out much either. And uh, he's just a dynamic offensive player. So it's and he doesn't need to be the everyday everyday third baseman. So that's exciting.
0: Well, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean he's he's probably not going to be the everyday third baseman because Gio came out of nowhere and. Honestly, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like Maybe he can figure it out because we've seen players like Devers on other teams that have been the worst fielding third baseman in the league, and then he turns it around a little bit. I don't know if the numbers prove that, but just the eye test, he wasn't as bad as he was in his rookie year. So I think Andrew Hart can still do it. I think fielding is something that can be taught more than hitting. So that's a good sign for him.
1: We also, the left field thing, it's kind of the experiment that we're kind of waiting to see, but I think that him the fact that he got some reps in left at least in spring training gives him another place where we can plug him uh if we need to cuz their glove gloves kind of hard to take out of the hot corner but we also need his bat
2: that's what i love i love that they're they're experimenting with him in left field a little bit i mean we saw um we we've seen them put different people in uh in left field like this this has happened tyro estrada was in left field if you remember last year for a couple of games uh and it's you know he did fine miggy we saw him catch a ball out there that was promising <laughs> you know, he doesn't have to worry about the all this double clutching that, that t- everybody on twitter is talking about drives me freaking nuts like if a guy can handle a double clutch and be okay i don't really care if he double clutches it's more about what andrew's footwork is and like getting in the right position setting his feet like doing all these things um if you can work in a double clutch in your timing like a-Rod used to double clutch. Like people double clutch. It's it still could be okay, but having him in the outfield, he's an athlete, man. Like I, I think he could handle that. And after what we saw with Frazier last year, like where's the confidence in the other left fielders if we got a couple guys injured? So, gonna have to at least test them out.
0: That's true. And we talked. Sure. We even spoke to Brian Hoke, and he on the episode last time, and he even said that he got. We obviously just saw Miggy a few times in the games, but he saw him a lot, and he said he actually looked really good. Like he genuinely looked good, not just saying that because we need him out there we just want him to he just he actually looks kind of natural and i think was a judge that said the hardest ball to catch is the line drive right at you and that's the one he actually ended up playing pretty well so i mean i don't know i don't see him as a starter every day out there i think with our depth in the outfield he can be mixed in and out but definitely wouldn't hurt to have him as one of those platoon guys that we can rotate around out there
1: yeah i think he, if he's healthy i think ideally we get him into uh, if assuming he's healthy the whole year, we get him into 130 games, mostly at DH, maybe 25 percent at third, and then, you know, maybe 10 or 20 games out and left or first. Then that's fine with me.
2: Yeah. So like that's the thing. We got to find a way to get that bat in the lineup. Bottom line, like that's the at the end of the day, that's that's what it has to come down to. And the DH spot's going to be, you know, more of a maybe not as as much as it has been in the in the past a few years but it's going to be a revolving it's going to be a place that they're going to want to put people in to get rest and things like that there's too many bats in this line or in this team um to get everybody in the lineup every day with them playing their position so the dh spot's going to have to be that you know stanton's going to have to get some rest you know judd's going to have to get some rest um and and we're going to see you know the outfield now with the season who knows what it's going to look like but we're going to have more healthy guys in the beginning, right? Like Hicks is probably going to be ready to go. Like we're going to have the guys in the beginning. It's a different conversation right now. We don't actually, we don't know what the freak the conversation is because <laughs> yeah, we don't know when the hell we're going to start, but it is a different conversation that we were starting to have in April because at that point it was more of a necessity to have in the outfield. Whereas now it's probably not going to be depending on when the season comes back, if it comes back ever. Yeah.
0: And I mean, having that DH spot too is huge and especially having Encarnacion go because he was a, a clog there at DH because he couldn't play anywhere else for the most part so now that's an extra spot to have Miggy move in and out of there and he's like a guy like Alfonso Soriano when he came to the Yankees like he's just a bat that you want to get in the lineup any way you can so it's just it it doesn't matter where he is if there's a bat like that you got to find a way to put him there and if he plays some at DH in left field at first base uh, first base didn't really look too hot (laughs) but I, I think they may have been not really going after their base anymore. But DH, he could play a lot there. And I think he could be, honestly, the primary DH because I think Stanton can play left field. I'm, I'm team Stanton left field. I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, the man was an everyday left fielder on just a few years ago in Miami. I don't know. What do you guys think about that?
2: I got no problem with him playing left field. It's just a matter of him staying healthy and playing left yeah. field. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the bottom line. Like, if he can stay healthy and be out there, then great. Like, yeah, he could play left field just as well as the majority of them. I mean, Guardy's probably our best left fielder just because he knows he's, he's played there for so long and he's just has the, uh, the feel of Yankee stadium because Yankee stadium left field is one of the more difficult outfield spots in the league because of, you know, just the, uh, the it's, it's a big left field and these guys Stanton can definitely cover the ground. Um, but having other options is a, is a good thing. I think you're going to look at him as the primary, but there's going to be days where he's either sitting or in the DH spot as well. So yeah uh i, was just I think we're
1: a, also forgetting about Talkman and left field a little bit i know i i was i kind of was like who else do we have to kind of throw around there and he when he was healthy last year i thought i think he played pretty well out there um so yeah like you said it's kind of tricky to find uh a hole on his depth chart when it comes to playing left
3: for sure
2: you're right i think Talkman's probably the bet he's overall he's probably the best outfielder uh him and Hicks were probably defensively the, the best. Guardy's right there, but you know, you have to factor in Guardy's age. I think Guardy with the Wiley vet, you know, knowing that left field is a big deal. But um Talkman can play anywhere in the outfield and you feel comfortable with him there. I mean, he made that stupid catch in left field over the fence <laughs> yeah. uh last year. So you you know, we've saw we've seen him do it makes him just un- unreal catches. Uh he's an athlete for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. But, and especially with I mean, Mickey's coming off the injury, obviously, as the shoulder uh, the labrum surgery, I think it was. And that adds another reason why he should be more in the dh spot too so i think he's going to that's why i'm making the case for him being the primary dh all year so i mean also considering other players are more healthy than he is coming off of an injury like that i mean at third base and and in the outfield are two of the most important positions to have an arm and i think shoulder injury is doesn't really bode well for playing in the outfield so i don't know that's just a concern of mine
2: I mean it was a torn labrum. So at this point it's a it's not an issue, right? Like you have to look at it as a as a as a healed terror and now he's going into it full strength. So I don't think I don't think it's an issue. You know, I don't think they'd be putting him out there at this And he's been it's been a while since he yeah, had that surgery. So true. um I don't think I don't think we're looking at him being like an injured guy coming off an injury as much because I think at this point, like he should be at full strength and it should yeah. not be a, a concern. Yeah, he's just one of the. I have this test
0: in my in my personal mind. Just like when somebody's up at at the plate, like there's just a feeling of no matter what the stats are, it may not make sense. But no matter what they're they're batting, if they like, like, let's say Luke Voigt's batting 300 and he was batting, he had a great batting average all year. There's certain players that have like, I mentally think they're gonna get a hit. They have the confidence yeah. with me. Miggy has that. Miggy is just I always feel like he's gonna get a hit. Maybe that's because he did get so many hits his rookie year and he was Miggy two bags and he just was exciting. And he's just new guy coming up and there's no other bad sample size to look at, but he's one of those guys who I literally think is going to get a hit every time. And he was arguably the Yankees MVP in his rookie year. Like that was, there was nobody else. I mean, well, I mean, I think he definitely was the Yankees MVP.
2: I mean, he was there. You're no, I, I think you're like, it's not, it's, that's not a crazy thought. I think <laughs> I have the same thought you know, there are certain guys when you have a lot of, as a fan, you look at the, the confidence meter that someone's going to come through. He's up there, man, just because he makes yeah. so much contact and he can hit, Uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't swing and miss a ton. Like the, the dude can helicopter a ball yeah. and, and you feel good about that. So uh, I'm, I'm, I got confidence in Miggy up at the plate. Yeah. And I, I think he is going to slot at that, that primary DH.
0: Yeah. And he does have that hel- he had the helicopter swing. He literally, he that was a good point you made with, he's like the Vladdy, he's a free swinger. He'd, I mean, I don't know. Does he walk a lot? Let I me mean, look at his OBP.
2: No, he doesn't like to walk. Miggy, he doesn't Miggy, like to walk. He no. doesn't like to walk. He <laughs> doesn't, doesn't like, like to swing back. Yeah, but that's fine, like, though. Serrano.
0: If you're getting on, it's fine.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Mickey like see the ball, hit the ball with with Mickey, And I love that approach. I mean, there are a lot of guys that cannot do that. And just, you know, you see a lot of waving at, at, at balls. But he's just a guy, man, who has that, you know, I don't know what his his vision is, but I'm sure it's phenomenal. You know, you get some of these guys with like stupid, like tw- whatever's better than 2020 20 vision. He's probably one of those <laughs> guys who can just like see insanely well. And, uh, you know, like Vlad Guerrero, I mean, I don't think it's, it's, that's an unfair comparison because Vlad Guerrero is a Hall of Famer. But at the same time, it's the same style of, of yeah. approach. Like he's got that, that in him where he can hit the bad balls. And, uh, you know, you got confidence in that. And he'd probably hit a double.
0: Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to hate that. It's, I mean, go it's ahead.
1: pretty Mer- impressive to be able to hit you know, almost 300 that year that he was up for rookie of the year, he hit almost 300 and only 25 walks. So he's putting the ball in play and he was finding gaps when he was playing well. So it's pretty impressive to be able to almost swing at everything and actually hit everything.
2: You love that guy because that guy translates so nicely into like postseason short-term stuff, Yeah. because now you're, what you're doing is that guy is now up at a big spot. You got a lot of confidence. He's going to put bat on ball and make something happen, whether it's, you know, move a runner or get a fly ball that you need or find some green or whatever, like a big double in the gap. Like you just have confidence that something's going to happen and put some pressure on the other team. And I think when you're looking at like short series with good pitching, you want that guy, you want more contact uh, to, to happen. So I got a lot of confidence in him.
0: Yeah. And another thing to note, he did, obviously we know the defense is an issue. He had negative 1.8 defensive war, but he had 4.9 offensive war, which is Kind of ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, I'm not too... I mean, no, 4.9 is definitely high, so <laughs> but that would net him at a little lower because of the defense. And if he ends up playing... You're talking about 2018? Yeah, 2018. 2019, he barely played. He played 12 games. Yeah. And I was so excited when he came back in 2019, and then it's just so... I don't know. Do you think they rushed him back, or what was the deal with that?
2: No, do you remember the play? It was that play when he dove back into third base because he he came off the bag, and he dove back, it was a bad base running play. So he dove back in and and like jammed his shoulder reaching back to third base. Just a weird play man that that you could yeah. see like there was a com- there was a uh, compression or whatever on the uh he just jammed it and i guess tore something in there in the process. So if you remember he was trying to play through like he wanted to play right. through yeah. it and it was more of like they saw the tear and they they went to fix it instead. So yeah, I just. Uh, it was, I think it was a fluky, unfortunate. Just, but it was because of bad base running. I think.
0: Yeah, I remember when he came back. Me and Murph were outside at our at our house at school. We were just so excited. We're like, "Oh, Mickey's back!" And he just—he's that type of player that excites you so much. And he, like, I really think that him his rookie year with Glaber, since he was better than him, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. Who knows? Like, Glaber honestly isn't as great defensively. Also, we noticed with the metrics at him having the errors and stuff. Obviously, I think that's—he's—he's he's gonna be fine, but. That's why I have hope for Miggy being a not premier defender but a solid defender and he can hold his own. And that's why I think the conversation with him and Gio at third is still kind of up in the air. Like I know Gio put a put together a good campaign at third. But if he, like where's the leash? If he doesn't perform offensively like he did last year, I think it, it could be a quick a uh, quick pull there. I mean Miggy can if he let's say Miggy starts doing things that he did in his rookie year, and Gio does things that he did in his career, which has been, I think, around 230 is his like, career batting average. Last year was obviously either a breakout or an anomaly. So I think, honestly, the, the leash could be short with Gio.
2: I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a short leash, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised. Like, there, there's a there's a guy behind him now that... That they know what they're going to get. And if he's improved, if they feel good about him as far as some of the improvements and what he's done defensively, then yeah, we know what the bat looks like. The bat's going to be there for sure. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, they're, if they're slipping on geo side um, I think the fact now we might go in, we're going to have a shortened season. If we have a season, we'll, we'll, you know, tighten that leash up a little bit or, or maybe help him because he doesn't need to prove it over a long period of time. But there's going to be some where he's going to get in there more, and I don't think it's going to be a short leash in the sense, but I think we'll see him being sprinkled in there more uh, yeah. at third base if if that's the case.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think honestly, it makes the leash a little longer because there's not really another place to put Geo, whereas Miggy, we know we can put him in a lot of different places. I feel like, yeah, I mean that that's that.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's defensively good. So you could use him as a defensive player. You know that that's there. Yeah. Mickey's not a defensive player. Like, you're not going to bring him late in a game Yeah, that's uh, true as too. a defensive replacement. Whereas, if, if Urshela's on the bench, like, you probably see him. If the Yankees are up two runs and it's uh it's the seventh, eighth inning and Mickey's starting at third base, guarantee you're seeing Urshela come in there and finish the game up.
0: Yeah. And in games where Mickey doesn't even start, he'd be a damn good pinch hitter. I mean, <laughs> to have him come off the bench in games he doesn't start. I mean, he's just as good as anybody on the team for a pinch hitter. So, I'm excited to see just the versatility that Miggy brings to this team. He's just going to be unbelievable. He's one of the most, one of my favorite players. Him and Glaber. So, I'm just excited to see them get it going. If we can get it going,
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the hope. Please get it going. Please get it going.
0: <laughs> I mean, we saw it today I, the Fauci, the that doctor said it's possible during the summer. So, it gives me a little bit of hope. I'm not going to read too deeply into it, but.
2: Yeah, you should read deeply into that because if you read into the article, it says that it's we have hope if everybody is quarantined in <laughs> one hotel and all of the staff are quarantined yeah. in a hotel. So he's like, yeah, it's possible if we do that Arizona plan. Like, yeah, yeah it's possible. I don't know. It yeah. doesn't seem possible. It seems like that's one of those things yeah. that they still got to quarantine everybody. You got to look at all the staff. You got to look at the people running the ballparks. Like, there's a lot of factors in that. I don't know. It's gonna be kind of yeah. feel like it's false hope.
0: Yeah, but anyway, to wrap this one up, we've been going for about sixteen over overtime on Miggy here, but just an exciting young player going to his age twenty four season. Just love what we see out of Miggy. All right, that's Miggy. <laughs> We want it, they
3: call it, nigga, it, that Brooklyn bullshit, see, we want it. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. Guess that's why they're broken your soul. Uh, biggie, 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 uh-huh. can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. Guess that's why they're broken your soul. Uh. I put
1: Hosea and Y on to DK and uh-huh. Miami, D.C. prefer Versace. That's right. All Philly hoes know it's mosquito. Every cutie with a booty for the coochie. Now the real dookie who's really the shit? The niggas ride dicks. Frank White push you six on the Lexus LX. Four and a half. Bulletproof glass tints if I want some ass. Go on blast tweezers. Ask questions like That's <laughs> how most of these so-called gangsters pass. At last, a nigga rapping bout blunts and broads, tits and bras. Menage a trois, Sex and expensive cars. I still leave you on the pavement. Condo paid for. Uh-huh. No car payments, uh-huh. At my arraignment